0: Welcome to episode number 40 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast, where our goal is to strengthen, unite, and restore your marriage. <laughs> Everybody. my name is Amanda Taylor, and together with my husband David, we are the co-founders of com. And our goal is to break the back of divorce by bringing married couples together to be accountable, keep the passion alive, and destroy the hidden issues that try to rip marriages apart. And we are back in the booth today with another juicy topic. With me, of course, Amanda Taylor, and my co-host, my husband, <clears throat> David Taylor.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another uh action packed not not really action packed in, information packed informational <laughs> uh informative. informative there we go Ooh, we both podcast <laughs> uh, this is episode number 40 of the mastering marriage podcast and we are back in the booth yeah and okay. um we are just enjoying our time helping couples to have stronger marriages that's right and this podcast obviously is going to be a very interesting episode because it's on an interesting topic
0: but before mm-hmm. i get to
1: that i just want to let you guys know that episode number 40 is brought to you on behalf of Motivated to Love. Oh. And <laughs> this book actually is doing very well. Um, it's being sold, you know, in countries, not just in the United States of America, but in countries. Um, and we are seeing the fruit of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're hearing a lot of positive things from the people that purchased the book. Right. Most people that buy it literally read it within the first, like, hour. They can't put it down and they read it several times and they read it several times and so this is uh, a tool that if you haven't gotten your hands on you definitely need to have your hands on it go to motivated to love motivated the number two love.com to check it out and uh, let us know give us some feedback i mean you know we we're here to help you oh and when you get the book look out for mandy's private facebook group you'll get a link to her private Facebook group. Uh, we have over 1200 spouses there in that group already. And this is where we give you some more juicy, like, hands-on. Uh, we got something new that we did, right? What's it called? The marriage, marriage motivation plans? Yes. Yeah. And, and so we, we're, we're trying new things to help spouses, stuff that's never been done before. Like calls, periscope. calls, periscope. We got a call tonight, actually, that yes. I'll be, uh, headlining. <laughs> <laughs> um, so join that, you know, when you get a chance. And, uh, we'd like to hear from you. But anyway. Today, today's episode is going to be on something a little controversial. Um and I guess I'm kind of starting some beef, right? Cuz no one really talks about this. So, um, <laughs> I think
0: once they hear it though.
1: Yeah, I think so too. But today, today's something topic up. is going to be on the dangers or the dangers of relying on the five love languages. Yeah. You're
0: gonna step on some toes a little <laughs>
1: and, bit. And, and, okay, so let me give you some background information on just my progression and, you know, just my experience with the five love languages. So.
0: And also tell you about it if you've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because hopefully you've heard of the five love languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, but if not, I'll give you a brief kind of synopsis. It's a great on that. book. It's a really good book. Mm-hmm. It, so let, let me, let me share a little bit about my journey. Years ago, I was introduced to the concept of the five love languages. And at the time, it had profoundly changed my perception of relationships, like for real, for real. I mean, it was like the Bible for relationships. Um This concept, you know, once I learned it, I preached about it, you know, and I taught about it. And I used this as the foundation for most of my sessions with the couples that I would see in counseling. Um, and concept obviously was the five love languages and if you don't know about this let me tell you a little bit about the book and again it was written by dr gary chapman um i actually almost had him on one of our podcasts our single but ready podcast i right. actually almost had him on as a guest um so I, I don't know if he'll ever want to be a guest after hearing this but we'll see we'll see <laughs>
0: he listens to it and he's probably a pretty objective guy he'll yeah. get your point
1: yeah so so check this out so the book focuses on the basic needs that we all have as humans Um, and he talks about in the book that, uh, the basic need for us is our need to feel loved and secure, which is true. And as well as to feel desired in relationships. Um, and he talks about how most of us grew up learning or we grow up learning the language of our parents, which becomes our native tongue, right? So, um, later on, we may learn additional languages, but Your native tongue, if you grew up in an English-speaking household, you're going to learn English. Mm -hmm. Spanish-speaking household, you're going to learn Spanish. Right. right? And so uh, he says that, you know, that's your native tongue, but you may acquire additional languages later on. Like I tried Spanish and French in high Mm -hmm. school and Mm -hmm. failed at both. But, you know, you get the point. You get the point. Uh, But he also says usually with more time and effort, you'll be able to learn those languages. I just didn't have the patience for it. So I didn't learn those languages. Um, so he, here's also where it gets really interesting. He says that in the area of love, it's very similar, right? So in relationships, your emotional love language and the language of your partner may be as different as Chinese is from, from English. Mm-hmm. And so what he's saying is everybody has a primary way of communicating love, right? right? And your primary love language will be, or most likely, is different than that of your spouses. And he says that there are five primary love languages. So five different love languages uh, that each of us may have. Mm-hmm. And we have a primary one, and then we may have a secondary or tertiary love language, just depending on, you know, how we've been raised.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: And so he says, no no matter how hard you try, you know, if your love language is, let's say your love language is English, just as an example, In the spouse, your spouse's love language is Chinese. No matter how hard you try to tell your spouse in English that you love them, if they only interpret and understand Chinese, they won't understand that you're saying you love them. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying that you will have to speak the language of your spouse in order for them to commu- to understand that you are communicating love effectively.
0: Which means you have to learn the language Which means you spouse. have
1: to love the language. L- love the language. <laughs> <laughs> learn the language. And so he says that there are five primary love languages, right? You want to name them, baby? Go on, name them.
0: So we have... On qual- the
1: spot. Put you on the spot.
0: <laughs> so we have quality time. Uh-huh. We have acts of service. Acts of service. Gifts.
1: Gifts. Physical touch. Physical touch. And words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Uh, Of who? (laughs) (laughs) Words of affirmation. So quality time, acts of service, gifts, physical contact, and words of affirmation. Correct. And so those are the five primary love languages. I have no qualms with that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And once I started learning that, I tried to figure out what my primary love language was. Mm -hmm. And then I had to figure out what the primary love language of you, my spouse, was, right? I mean, and so we, I remember, I actually used to teach this. And I would give out the quiz. And there's an actual quiz in the book that you can answer to figure out what your love language it's is. It's in our group. Again, I have no qualms with that. Mm-hmm. No problems with that at all. I believe in five love languages. My, pri- my primary love language is different than Mandy's. Um, but we have a primary love language and a secondary love language. I have no problem with that, right? I actually was once quoted as saying this, and, and I wrote this in a blog post that was published back in September on our site. Um, it, was, it was actually one of our first blog posts that talks about the five love languages. In it, I say, learning how to speak the love language of your partner is the most important concept to understand as you look to establish a healthy foundation for your marriage. Mm-hmm. Most relationships fail because of this. I actually wrote that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how much I believed in the concept of the five love languages. I mean, I was gung-ho, mm-hmm. right? So I wrote that. So you could actually go and look at our blog post. It's still up on the web. Mm-hmm. Um, and I leave it there because, obviously, I want to show you guys our progression as well, right? Yeah. I don't want to be at the same levels level. Of truth. There's different Oh, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Don't <laughs> even trip. So, but check this. I believed it so much, and I attempted to implement these structures into our marriage. Right, I I studied Mandy's love language, and I assessed my personal shortcomings of my inability to speak her love language, and I attempted to fill in the gaps. And it's because I was learned, I was learned, does that even, no, that's not Mm -hmm. good, no, let me fix that. I was taught, and I learned, based off of studying the five love, love language concept, that Mandy's ability to love me or my spouse's ability to love me was contingent on her love tank being full because mm-hmm. in the book he talks about how everybody has a an emotional tank and to the degree that you receive that type of love the specific love your specific love language is to the degree that your love tank will be full again I had no qualms with that when i first was learning it but so i was like okay well i need to learn my wife's love language so that her love tank can be full so that she can love in return. Which means that if her love tank is empty, she's not going to really fully be able to love me. So I was like, okay, let me figure this thing out. When we first met, I was like, okay, Mandy's love language is physical contact. Cause she was freaky. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That slipped out cause I was, okay. Okay. You were kind of, you were, you were very. <laughs> That you just were, came out of did. nowhere. You kind but you were very physically affectionate.
0: I mean, you might be, well, keep freaky out there. Okay, you she know, I already freaky. went there,
1: and I mean, so I was like, okay, well, God. <laughs> So I was like, her love language has well. to be physical contact because that's what made Mandy feel good. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, no, you're not. You you're a
0: freak me. Okay, <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I can own it, but you just woo, <laughs> snapped. <laughs>
1: and, and so I mean, like. I was so gung ho about trying to figure this thing out that at one point, remember, I even bought a massage table, uh-huh. right, to uh, use this as a method of filling your tank, mm-hmm. because at the time your love language was physical contact, still is. and you know, yeah. well, okay, yeah, but it's we we've grown past that. Put it like that. We've grown. We've grown past that basic level of knowledge.
0: Yes, and that's what we
1: are going to cover <laughs> later on in this podcast. Yeah, still, you still, you, you, you yeah.
0: You but that's st- not the basis of my love for you. Exactly.
1: We'll get there. That's, that's why. I, yeah, that's yeah. So, but I I, I, up. <laughs> I even got the massage table, didn't use it as much, and Mandy ended up selling, what'd you sell it on, eBay or nah, Craigslist something. or something? She something, sold my daggone. That something. was like a three, $400 massage table, and I only got, buck fifty. He wasn't using it. A
0: little
1: either. salty for it, you know, because. I sold it. <laughs> she started it because we weren't using it as much. But it, 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 it was minimally... It's funny because, you know, I lost money on that. But here's, yeah. here's the thing. It seemed like no matter how hard I tried, I always fell short at filling her tank. Right? Th- this notion initially caused me to believe that Mandy's happiness as a spouse and her ability to love me in return was predicated on my ability to fill her love tank. And that became... A source of tremendous tension and frustration. Because think about it, if I have an off night or an off week or I'm just like feeling selfish and I don't want to come and touch my wife, then she's not going to feel loved and in return have an empty tank, which will cause her to not be able to love me right? That or imp- if
0: I was if I was injured or something and it affected me physically even for about a year and I was suffering, suffering on and off with depression, yeah. I wasn't confident and not yeah. able to affirm my husband because I was dealing with my own stuff, if that made him not love me, mm-hmm. then that would be an issue yeah. because he couldn't be there for me if I couldn't be there for him. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and, and do you, so my question to you guys is do you guys see that as an issue? And and if not, I'll continue to talk a little bit to extrapolate this, but That, that was a tremendous source of tension for me.
0: That was a sexy word. You You
1: extrapolate, you like that
0: one? Yeah, it just rolled off your tongue. It came out. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) But anyway, I I had, I had some primary questions. Every, and then this is just, and Mandy can attest, this is the type of person I am. Whenever there is a source of tension in my life, I usually start asking questions about it. Because I've learned that truth is often found in the tension of two opposing beliefs or views. And so if there's some tension, I start getting curious. And so I, I was asking questions. I was like, okay, so if my assumption is true that Mandy's ability to give love to me was based on her love tank being full, if that is true, then wouldn't her ability to love me only be based on her ability or my ability to fill her tank? That that was the, one of the questions I struggled with. And I'll ask it again. If this assumption is true that Mandy's ability to give love to me was based on her tank being full, then wouldn't her ability to love me only be based on my ability to fill her tank? It's interesting. And if that's the case, what happens if I can't fill her tank? What happens if, let's say, her love language is words of affirmation, right? Meaning I have to affirm her with my words. What happens if I get in a car accident or I get punched in the throat and I'm mute? (laughs) That's (laughs) That's not funny. funny. Why are you laughing? You can't laugh at mute people. I'm just laughing. (laughs) I'm just saying what happens if I'm mute and I can't tell you I love you. I mean, I might be in a sign language, but I'm not going to be be able to affirm you with my words. Right? Or what if
0: what if there's some sexual dysfunction? Yeah, what if my People penis don't...
1: if you you was going there so I just helped you.
0: I, w- I was, I was going to use myself as a okay, example. Okay. Well, use yourself. You,
1: you, you liking to use a lot of words tonight. So go right <laughs> ahead. You already said I'm that. I'm turned way. up. I'm on the mic. I'm, I'm loving it. I got my peoples listening. Go I'm, ahead. I'm enjoying it. But I'm just saying, what if I can't function sexually? Does then that mean that, does that then mean that Mandy's ability to love me is contingent on my ability to love her sexually, physically? Mm-hmm. And then if I can't perform there, then does that mean that she's rendered useless in her ability to return love to me? That's a huge issue that I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I have that, I've carried this, this issue with the love languages in my heart. And, <laughs> and I was actually, you know, this is one of the chapters in the book that I started writing that I'm not writing because I'm writing another book, but I was, I was writing about this. I know it's all, I'm all over the place. I'm you turned, are turned up. up. I'm, I'm loving this podcast stuff, but, but then, then this is what heart. Okay. Let me calm down. <laughs> this is what started happening next. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. I am a little excited. But this is God started to speak to me about this concept. Right. He's he he started to tell me that there are levels of truth. Right. So, for instance, in the Old Testament, it was it was true that if you touch a leper, you become unclean. Correct. Right. That's true in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And then in the New Testament, it's also true. And it's truer that if you touch a leper, the leper becomes clean. Mm-hmm. Right, and we see this in the lifestyle of Jesus, where he was crushing a lot of stigmas about what's clean versus unclean. Mm-hmm. you know the woman with the issue of blood, right nobody would touch her because the old tradition was if you touch her then you got you're unclean for seven days mm-hmm. right, and so you got you're ceremonially unclean but jesus she allowed he allowed her to touch him, and she became clean, mm-hmm. so one is true, the other is truer, mm-hmm. and so what God was sharing with me was that the five love languages is true it's a surface truth. So I'm not annulling it altogether, but it's a surface truth. So you got to handle it as if it was a surface truth. It's a truth. supplement. It's, yeah, exactly. It's a strategy for healthy communication, but healthy not a foundation. Enhance. Exactly. It's used to enhance communication, but it's not a foundational principle for healthy marriages. And here's why. Here's why. I'm going to give you some some reasons why relying on the five love languages is so dangerous. Now, when you get this information, guys, I want you to apply this to your current perception of love in your marriage. Okay. Because the whole goal of this podcast, Mandy said it at the top, is to strengthen and empower your marriage. Yes. And we can only do that by strengthening and empowering you. I'm preaching. Come on, somebody. Wipe yeah. my forehead. Went no. In. <laughs> but anyway, tap it. tap it. There you go. But anyway, let me talk to you a little. <laughs> she turned up too. She tried like she ate. <clears throat> but here's why relying on the five love languages is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Think about this. Doing so, relying on the five love languages, doing that makes your ability to give love less of a choice and more of a reaction to what you have been given. Mm -hmm. Right. So it makes it reciprocal, meaning it's a transaction. Mandy gives me love, so I give her love back.
0: Makes your love conditional. It makes
1: my love extremely conditional. Mm -hmm. Right. And the whole concept is to have agape or unconditional love.
0: Some people don't believe in Some that. Some people don't believe in That's that. I but, talked about it in my blog. And unfortunately,
1: wrote. if you don't believe in unconditional love, then your marriage is doomed to fail. And that may sound negative, but it's the truth. And whether you choose to accept it is up to you. You have to believe in unconditional love. If you put any type of condition on your love, then your love is predicated on those conditions. Meaning you're only as your strong as the conditions that you put on your love. Are you're only in
0: it for what you can you're get. You're only in it
1: for what you can get. And remember... The definition of love is what?
0: To give.
1: To give, not to get. To love give all. is not about what you can receive. Agape love is about what you can give.
0: Yes. And like how agape much. Agape is you that, can God, give. that God type of love.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that a little louder, baby, because you was a little smooth with it.
0: A little smooth. A little smooth. Agape is God-like love. <laughs> yes. That's the type exactly. of love that Jesus shows to us. So exactly. it doesn't mean that you're God, but for those of you who are believers, the Spirit of God resides inside of mm. you. So it's through that of the Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. you love. Come not on, through your strength.
1: Amen. And and that's truth. That's truth. So let me tell you another reason why the five, relying on the five relying. I'm gonna lead that one in. I ain't even gonna edit that out because that was just completely off. But I'm gonna tell you another reason why relying on the five love languages is so dangerous. Think about this. It also means that. You can only love strong if your spouse is good at filling your tank. Mm -hmm. Right? Let me say that again. If you rely on the five love languages as a foundation for your marriage, what that really means for you is that you can only love strong or you can only be a strong lover if your spouse is good at filling your love tank. Meaning if you got a spouse that ain't good at filling your love tank, your love is going to be weak. Right? Right. Again, it goes back to the conditions. Mm -hmm. Here's another reason why the five love languages, that that concept can be dangerous for you. It's also dangerous because relying on a full love tank in order to give love absolves you of the responsibility of securing your own personal level of gratification. Mm-hmm. And it forces you to rely on the wrong source to grow in love. Wow, That's deep. So really? I'm going to say it again. I wrote that and I know I said it's deep. So that kind of sounded like I'm... It's deep. I like it. it. I just liked it. I just myself. It I like it. Anyway, but here, here I'm going to say it again. It's also dangerous because relying on a full love tank in order to give love absolves you of the responsibility of securing your own personal level of gratification. And it forces you to rely on the wrong source to grow in love. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, baby?
0: I mean, it goes back to what I just said you know, God is love mm-hmm. and we can only love unconditionally through his strength and through his spirit within us. Yeah. Um, so if you are, again, if you are trying to love from a place of, you know, of self instead of from the spirit, yeah, then you will not be able to get that type of love. 100% of the time you yeah. have to just depend on God to help you with that.
1: Yeah. And I'm gonna put it this way. Cause that's good. It's a good point. I'm gonna just put it plain plain and simple you should never rely on another person to make you love better or stronger. Mm-hmm. You Again, you should never rely on another person to make you a better lover or a stronger lover. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't do that. Right. Okay? Don't rely on your spouse to make you love stronger or love better. Now, they are your help meet, meaning they will help you meet those needs and those goals, but don't rely on them.
0: Right, because if something happened, God forbid, something happened to them tomorrow if they were to pass away, Exactly. are you going to lay down and die as well? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to continue to seek out your purpose as to why you are living in the first place?
1: Mm, That's deep. And I ain't even going to go there because that's a whole other podcast.
0: Yeah, that's that's deep. That's that podcast about (laughs) before you even get married. Yeah, yeah. You know.
1: Here's another reason why it's dangerous. It also means that if your spouse stops filling your tank, you will be empty. And thus vulnerable for that spot being filled by something or someone else Ooh, no
0: no no and, i was there and i was there too and, and, and
1: i've blamed man i've blamed my decision of going out and seeking affirmation from another woman i blamed that on me not getting that in my marriage mm-hmm. that's not true that's a cop out that was a lousy way of me for uh change uh, putting the blame onto my wife instead of being accountable and responsible for my choices and my behaviors I hope you guys are getting the point by now, okay, because I can go on and on about this. But let me tell you some, let me give you some points on the correct mindset that you have to have in your marriage regarding the concepts of love, okay? Again, the five love languages is an excellent resource, is an excellent tool, It's a supplement, like my wife said earlier. Uh, but it's not the end-all be-all. So don't put that, don't hinge the strength and foundation of your marriage on the principle and concept of the five love languages because you will always fall short. Because you're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to put the foundation of your marriage on someone else's ability to fill your love tank. Right. That's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Okay? Here's what you should do instead. Connect yourself to the unfailing and always full source of love.
0: And who is that, baby? Who is that? Who is that? that? Jesus.
1: Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Connect yourself to the unfailing and always full source of love. And we'll talk about, well, actually, let me just say the next point, which is this. Study love. So we understand that Jesus is the personification of love, right? right? He is God in the flesh, right? And it says in Hebrews that Jesus is the exact imprint or the exact representation of God, of the heart of God. And so study Jesus. Study the concept of love. Like, actually study agape love. Study what it looks like. 1
0: Corinthians 13, First, four through 8.
1: Yes. And, I mean, and don't just stop there, but study it. Cross-examine it in the Bible. Look at it. Prove it. Test it. Test the theory of agape love. Mm-hmm. It it always uh, hold, hold, holds up under the pressure of any type of scrutiny. Agape love does. Mm-hmm. Right? But study what agape love looks like instead of just going off of what you were taught about love. Right? right? And most of us, if we're honest, and I'm challenging you guys to be honest and transparent, most of us only apply love based off of what we've been taught or what we believe about love just through our life experiences. Mm-hmm. But most of us hadn't haven't taken the time to actually study what love looks like, agape love. Right. So I'm challenging you to actually study love. Take the time to study love. Okay? Also, here's another thing that uh, the mindset that you should have. I want you to stop doing something. Okay, guys? Stop relying on your spouse to make you feel loved or to make you happy. Mm -hmm. Okay? I'm I'm just going to put that out there. Stop relying on your spouse to make you feel loved or to make you happy. And you may not like this, but I promise this is one of the most important concepts that you need to hide in your heart. Stop relying on your spouse to make you feel loved or to make you happy. Okay? Again, connect to the unfailing source. Because if you rel- if Mandy's relying on me to make her feel loved, and I have an off week, guess what? She ain't gonna feel love for that week. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So stop that. Okay, right. And It's
0: okay to have a desire. You know what I'm saying? You you desire your spouse, but the yeah. more you grow in love, the more you grow in wisdom, and you're able to recognize and be more. Mm. You, you know, you're able to recognize and be more selfless, so you can actually recognize when your spouse needs you to pray for them mm-hmm. and need your love the most. Mm,
1: that's good. That's good. So remember this. Love is a choice, not a mutual transaction. It's not a mutual transaction. It's not a mutual transaction. It is a choice. It's a behavior, a decision that you make. You choose to give love no matter what you're receiving in return. That's the danger of people getting into marriage misinformed, Mm -hmm. is that they believe it's transactional. Mm -hmm. No. You love no matter what you're receiving in return, right That's the only way you can stand that's the only way you can stand for a marriage when the spouses have one foot in one foot out mm-hmm. is to stand in love regardless of what you're receiving in return
0: now of course, if there's any abuse of any kind or any unsafe type of circumstances, we're not talking about that yeah, yeah. so make sure we say that and you
1: outline that in your most recent blog post Yes, my yeah. most
0: recent blog post is super meaty, yeah, yeah. detailed, yeah. and goes over all of that.
1: And that's good. So go go to the website. Uh, it's, what is it called? Ten. Uh, it's
0: 10 Reasons Why Standing for Your Marriage
1: Will Not work. Yeah. work. yeah. So go there, check that out. Good. Really good stuff. Uh, but remember, your love, you choose to give love no matter what you're receiving in return. If you love your spouse only when you're being loved back, your love is only as strong as what you have been given. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your love is only as strong as what you've been given. Mm-hmm. Here's another point. Last point. Most marriages fail because of their expectations, especially about love. I want you to do something. I want you to make sure that you have the proper expectations about love. And the only way to have the proper expectations about love is to what? Study love. Right. You have to study love. You have to put in the time to study what agape love looks like. Right. Elsewise, you will fail. Because we all fell in love. That's what I had to do. I
0: I had to study love when I was standing for our marriage. And for those of you who don't know our story, that's what my book is about, standing for um, our marriage.
1: Yeah. When I I, was a knucklehead, Mandy stood. (laughs) No, seriously. And and speaking of the book, I I believe that it's a very, 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 very practical and valuable resource based off of the thousands and literally thousands and thousands of people that we've heard from that have gotten the book Mm -hmm. uh, or the people that have actually purchased the book, rather. It's a very practical and tangible resource about unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know where to start in terms of studying unconditional love. Mandy breaks it down. She gives you scriptures. She gives you affirmations. She gives you declarations. She gives you music. She gives you all kinds of things yeah, that strategy, can help you, praise. strategies to help you get unconditional love into your system. Right. So actually, we recommend this book as one of the tools outside of the mm-hmm. Bible and other resources out, that's out there. Motivated to Love is a great tool that helps you understand the concept of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. You can actually go to motivated, the number two, love.com to check that out. Um, and again, if you go there, you purchase the book. You automatically have access to Mandy's group, mm-hmm. her Motivated to Love group, which is a private group. You can only have access to it based off of your purchase. Even if you purchase the five dollar book, right. you the value that you get in that group is is a thousand times plus. Exactly, right? You know, and and so and that's really what it's all about—the community, having people there to help you, to nurture and to grow. And support. when you're feeling down, you get that support. So yeah. check that out. Um, go to Motivated the number two. Motivated the number two love dot com yeah. check that out um and speaking of I'm actually writing a book and yes. can't
0: wait can't wait It's supposed
1: to be out in August mm-hmm. and so um I may need some help with the title of the book um it actually may be something like unmotivated to love instead mm-hmm. of motivated maybe yeah. unmotivated to yeah, love it's gonna
0: be from but, the perspective of a product yes, or a reluctant spouse
1: exactly it's gonna be from the perspective of me when I was a reluctant spouse. So I'm gonna actually give you inside scoop into the mind of a reluctant spouse. Why we do what we do. What are we thinking?
0: If you don't know what reluctant means, it means a spouse that may want out of the marriage or feels like they don't love their Spouse
1: anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm going to give you all the inside scoops, the secrets, the juicy stuff that nobody is talking about, but everybody wants to know. Like, you know, why we do what we do. What are we thinking when we make this decision? And when you're talking to us trying to get the marriage back restored, what's going on in my head? All that stuff. You know, why, why I choose, why I chose to go outside of the relationship to get my needs met? You know, why didn't I end the marriage when I said I wanted to end the marriage? All that stuff that Mm -hmm. we, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be in the book. So, um, we have gotten hundreds of questions and, the book is literally about me breaking that down and answering those questions. Yes, right. Um, but in any case, guys, we're going to stop the podcast here because I believe that this is enough information. Remember, go back and listen to it if you haven't. Uh, you know, if you need to get more information, or if you just need to rehearse this information, get it into your spirit. Um, you can also go to mendermarriage.com slash episode forty. Right. We've changed it now. You can go to Every individual episode on our website to leave comments, to ask questions. Go to mendarmarriage.com slash episode 4040 to, um, you know, listen to this podcast or to uh, ask questions or comment. We want to we know what you think about this episode. Yes. Um, and also remember to subscribe on iTunes. Uh, leave a rating and review because we love to hear what you think about what we're doing. Your reviews motivate us to continue to do what we're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but guys, we appreciate your time. In um, our next show, we'll give you update because we're gonna actually be going to uh, South Carolina in October yes, yes. for a speaking event. Mm-hmm. And so we want to know everybody that's in South Carolina. We'll tell you the city because uh, we want to meet up with you guys. We want to do a meet up do while meet-up we're there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in the future. But in any case, guys, we appreciate your time. We love you, and uh, we're out. We are out. Who says?